Hello. On behalf of the Independent Research Forum, welcome to this IRF podcast. I am David Osman, and with me today is Ben Rabidou of North Cove Advisors. Our subject for this podcast, Canada, on course for a soft landing in 2023-2024. The Independent Research Forum promotes an extensive range of top-quality independent research and alternative data providers, both macro and micro. All are investment-related, many are global, some are country-specific, some are sector-specific, and some are stock pickers. The Bank of Canada is forecasting that the Canadian real GDP growth will slow to 1% in 2023 and then pick up to 2% next year. The annual rate of consumer price inflation is projected to decrease from 6.3% last December to 3% by the end of this year and 2% by the end of 2024. Like most of the other G7 nations, Canadians are feeling the pinch of high inflation and concern about an economic slowdown. According to the central bank, higher interest rates are working their way through an overheated economy. The government is trying to achieve a soft landing, with the central bank providing an appropriate degree of monetary tightening to curb inflation without creating a recession. To what extent will this be possible? What are the implications for the Canadian consumer, for the housing sector, and for the financial markets, including the Canadian dollar? To answer these questions and more, I'm very pleased that we're joined today by Ben Rabidou, the founder of North Cove Advisors. Ben Rabidou founded North Cove Advisors in 2013. Also known by its initials, NCA, North Cove Advisors is a boutique research firm that is exclusively focused on Canadian macroeconomic coverage with a strong focus on housing, household credit and consumer spending trends. NCA is known for providing insightful and actionable research that weaves together important macro trends with anecdotes and insights gathered from an extensive network of contacts in relevant fields. Ben is a frequent commentator on all matters related to housing and household credit having been featured in almost all major Canadian media publications, as well as a number of business publications internationally. Ben, welcome. Let's start with a short introduction to the service that is provided by North Cove Advisors. Sure. Thanks, David, and appreciate you having me on today. North Cove Advisors, as you mentioned, we're a boutique research firm. We try to fly very much under the radar. And I think my main value add for my clients is merging a deep understanding of the important macroeconomic indicators to follow with a sort of boots on the ground channel check type approach whereby we're out of the office a lot. We're talking to real estate professionals, developers, insolvency trustees, Anyone who sort of has kind of a frontline look into kind of the state of the consumer and what's really happening with housing. And what that's allowed us to do is to sort of get ahead of, in some cases, some sort of idiosyncratic credit issues in Canada, be that the home capital group blow up. Some of your listeners might might recall we had a subprime lender that ran into some fraudulent lending issues and, and we were very much out in front of flagging some underwriting concerns there. And then also just getting ahead of inflections in the housing cycle and, and consumer credit cycles, as it were. And so that's that's really what we try to do. 
Why is housing so important as a driver of consumer spending and broader economic growth in Canada? Well, it's a great question. And maybe if I could take a step back and just frame the discussion here in Canada, I, th- I think it's well known that we have this very, I don't know, this incredibly performing housing market that's run up to these extreme heights. And in fact, if you quantify it, if we look at housing in Canada relative to the rest of the OECD countries, we find that real house prices have accelerated the most of the OECD since 2000. And we've also seen the most significant increase in house prices relative to incomes since 2000. And so we've been in this multi-decade, tremendous bull market that's sort of dwarfed anything else we've seen among developed countries. And what that's done is it's pushed housing as a share of the economy to unprecedented levels. And specifically, I'd point to things like residential investment, which is new construction and primarily new construction renovation expenditures. We've never seen this much of the Canadian economy levered off of off of housing specifically, not even in prior cycles like in the 1970s, 1980s, which ended these pretty significant downturns, major credit cycles. And so we're above those levels today. And that's one element, not sort of the direct feed through from housing to the economy, but indirect is that it's a tremendous driver of household consumption patterns, right? We have today the highest share of household assets concentrated in real estate. It's been very much a driver of kind of wealth effect spending. It's We've seen it in a big expansion in home equity line to credit, which has supported consumption. And importantly, all of those things are very much in reverse now, right? As we stand today, we've seen the steepest decline in house prices from peak since at least the 1970s, larger than what we saw during the financial crisis, larger already than what we saw during the 19, late 1980s, early 1990s, which for folks on the call... That was a pretty serious credit downturn in Canada that saw a number of lenders consolidate or go out of business just due to a pretty nasty credit cycle. And so that's where we are today. And so I think it's important to note that the title of this podcast has a question mark at the end, soft landing question mark. And it's very much an open question as to whether we're going to achieve that soft landing that the Bank of Canada envisions. I'm quite skeptical that we're going to pull this off. How does the state of the Canadian consumer compare vis-a-vis their US peers, particularly this year, in terms of things like household leverage, spending patterns, etc.? Well, historically, Canada and the US have paralleled each other when we look at household balance sheets, general consumer spending trends. And post the great financial crisis, we've seen that US households by and large, have delevered. We've seen a, a decline in indebtedness. We've seen debt service ratios fall to record lows. And Canada's done the opposite. And as of today, we are the most indebted. It, when we look across, again, the OECD countries, Canada ranks very highly in terms of household indebtedness relative to GDP. And more importantly, the debt service ratio metrics are already very stretched in Canada. So we already are seeing a large portion, a historically large portion of disposable income going to servicing debt. Now, why I think that's important is we see Canada and the U.S. in very different junctures as it relates to household indebtedness. And what that means is the Canadian economy is just going to be tremendously interest rate sensitive this cycle. And it does raise this question around whether they can pace the Federal Reserve Going forward, it's clear that the U.S. economy, clear to me at least, that the U.S. economy will be much more resilient to higher interest rates 
than, than we'll see in Canada. And so, you know, there's all sorts of implications as it relates to currencies going forward. There's all sorts of question marks around how high the Bank of Canada can go, whether they can sustain high rates relative to the to the U.S. Fed. And, and so that's kind of where we're at. We're at this interesting juncture where Canada's never really seen this sort of household leverage with an interest rate increase like we're seeing right now. Given this close relationship between Canada and the U.S., and when we think about the outlook for Canadian monetary policy relative to the actions of the U.S. Federal Reserve, how do you see that unfolding, particularly with respect to the Canadian dollar, U.S. dollar exchange rate? Well, I think I'd frame it this way. What we see in Canada right now with interest rates where they are, if we just hold rates steady here, we're going to very quickly, probably later this year or early 2024, we will see household debt service ratios at record highs and by a substantial margin. And that's a very good leading indicator for delinquencies and credit losses at financial institutions here in Canada. And so I guess the point broadly is just that I don't believe that the Bank of Canada can maintain rates at these levels without causing a very serious issue and household balance sheets and, and, and frankly, their income statements. And so it's not clear to me that we'll see U.S. and Canadian monetary policy continue to kind of move in the same direction going forward. And I think that's negative for the Canadian dollar. Given the structure of the Canadian mortgage market, what are the risks associated with a downturn in consumer credit? Canada has some really unique structures that I think are underappreciated by global investors who have really haven't done kind of a deep dive on Canada. And I, I mean, there's a number that I could flag, but if I could just point to just a couple here. One is we have a fairly robust non-prime market here in Canada, but the structure of non-prime mortgages is very unique. So in Canada, we do not have 30-year fixed mortgages like we have in the U.S. All mortgages reset every, typically every five years if you're prime. But the moment that you're outside of a prime loan, you're into one-year loans. Okay, and so, so that's, that's roughly 10% of the outstanding mortgage credit in Canada is non-prime one-year loans. Now, if you look at what happened to, in the past year, we've seen non-prime loans go from call it 3.5% a year ago to close to 8% today. So someone who took out a loan one year ago non-prime at 35 is today renewing at 8. I mean, that's just, those are just unworkable numbers for a lot of people. Okay? So that's one issue. But then related to that non-prime, and I know I'm getting a bit in the weeds here, but we have this very robust private lending market, which is sort of a peer-to-peer lending structure that really is, is not as well developed in places like the United States. And so it's easy to kind of gloss over the significance of this. And what we're seeing is the funding in the private mortgage market is getting very tight. We're seeing people who are coming up on their one-year renewals where the lenders simply do not have the capital to renew. And so, and that's primarily as a function of redemptions at their end. And so all that to say is, we're going to see for the first time in, I don't know, 30 years, we're going to see distressed selling likely this spring as a function of non-renewals. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to be, it has the potential to be quite different than what we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years here in Canada. And so that's one thing, that structure of the you know, rolling one-year paper on non-prime lenders where, or non-prime borrowers where the funding is flighty is something that is just an accident waiting to happen. And I think we're at the point where we're going to test that. 
So that's just one dynamic. And I mean, I, we could chase a, a lot of rabbits here, but I guess my point is just those risks are underappreciated by people who have not done a deep dive on Canada. And that's the sort of thing that, that we try to flag and track for our clients, because it will matter if you give this time and you roll it forward, this will matter for the big Canadian banks. It'll matter for some of the smaller institutional non-prime lenders that are publicly traded. Um, these are very significant dynamics, and we haven't seen this level of stress in, I would argue, 30 years in Canada. So, Ben, would it be fair to say that there's a greater risk of a hard landing in Canada than there is in the U.S. at the present time? I would certainly argue so, but again, we're seeing a lot of the similar dynamics, and so I don't want to overstate things. As with the U.S., we're seeing that households still have a considerable savings, and so we're not seeing, at this point, a surge in delinquencies. In the resale markets, similar to the U.S., we're not seeing a dramatic amount of supply online at the moment. But again, some of the dynamics that might force some selling are certainly in place and something that we're going to be watching as we go through this year. And so, you know, it, we're also seeing the labor market still remarkably tight. We've got a record low unemployment rate. So those dynamics are all quite similar, but at its most fundamental basis, what we're seeing is a extremely levered economy, much more levered than the United States, both in terms of consumers and businesses facing a significant rise in interest rates. And it's just not clear to me that that's going to end well. I would argue it's we're much more vulnerable here in Canada to a credit cycle than what we're seeing in the States. Ben, many thanks for this comprehensive insight into the service that is provided by North Cove Advisors. If we had more time, it would be interesting to discuss your views on the regional differences in Canada's housing market. It would also be interesting to hear more on your thoughts on the prospects for the individual companies in the consumer and the housing sectors. The Independent Research Forum is offering a brief trial to the NCA service and can provide details of how to subscribe to their full service. For more information, please contact the Independent Research Forum. More information is available on request. Thank you for listening to this IRF podcast with Ben Rabidou of North Cove Advisors.